Hey everyone, just wanted to do a quick uh, update on this episode you're about to hear. Uh, we are without uh, Brother True on this episode, so it's just me, Brother T, and DJ uh, just uh, shooting the shit, talking about some basketball, uh, the uh, happenings of LA and Newport Beach, and just kind of shooting the breeze. Hope you guys enjoy it. DJ. What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing? Can't complain on this end. Uh, uh, Angela's feeling a little bit under the weather, so. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, so, as soon as uh, we wrap up the show tonight, I'll make sure you know, take care of her. But I'll you too. Very good. How's things with you? Everything is great. Everything is great. Um, I moved back to Mobile in about a month. So, looking forward to that. Touchdown in my dad's house a little bit. Stack my hot bread for some time. And then move on to the next day. Cool, cool. What's up, Brother T? What up? What up, fellas? Miss you guys last week. I hope you enjoyed your... Uh... Your one-year anniversary. Congratulations to you and your uh, wife. Uh, hopefully, many more to come. Hey, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Yeah, uh, we had a great time. Uh, got to go downtown L.A. That, in and of itself, was an experience. Something. <laughs> and then uh, we. Uh, then after that, we went to. Did a tour of uh, the uh, Hollywood and as well as Beverly Hills, and there's <laughs> there's definitely some stuff to see uh, out there for sure. And, and I will say this: uh, L.A. Uh, that part of L.A. I've never really. I can't even when to be young. I don't remember being around that too much. Uh, yeah, it because it, it, a lot of it that I was seeing, I was like, this isn't familiar. This isn't familiar at all. But when I realized where we were, I was like, we weren't that far off from like downtown at Staples Center. But it's just like, you know how L.A. is. It's like you may be right next to it, but in terms of travel time, it takes <laughs> 30 minutes to an hour to get there. Absolutely. Yeah, we were more on the, growing up, we were more on the east side. Uh, watch, you know, where our grandmother lived off 120th and, or 111th in Avalon. And then uh, our other grandmother and grandfather lived in Carson. And then we had aunts and uh, uncles and stuff on the beach. I mean, we were all over L.A., but mostly we concentrated on the, uh, on the east side of L.A. Yeah, I, I was uh, joked with uh, mom that I wanted to go check out uh, where I was born, and 
if anybody's watched the show Snowfall, I try to get keep trying to get you to watch it, brother T. Uh, we pulled up a, a image of it. It's on Second Avenue in L.A. And just looking at it, it looks like yeah, maybe you might not want to go in that area around eight at night once it gets dark, especially in my Charger. And driving slow around that area, and mom was like, "Yeah, I advise against that too." And everybody seconded that opinion as well as to kind of steer clear of that area. <laughs> uh, second, and well, it would depend where you at on Second Avenue, because don't forget that they are highly regentrifying area. So <laughs> it may be, it may be already regentrified because. You know, there's certain parts of now. If you go to Inglewood, uh, over there by uh, uh, the new stadium, uh, now it's like being in a different world. This is totally different world. Uh, so I'd have to go over in that area. I know Second Avenue. I was over there not too long ago because I took my uh, my young ones over there to kind of look at all the areas that we grew up in and. Yeah. It was it was pretty shabby. Actually, it was pretty sad. I didn't. I wasn't too happy about how that part of LA was because I remember eighties. That was more of a, you know they call Ladera Heights like the Black Beverly Hills, but the West Side of Inglewood, a lot of parts, especially over there off Crenshaw, was really like for the more upscale, upscale uh, black community back then and. Uh, right there uh, on 54th is where our auntie had her school at, and that's where we all went to school at me, my cousins, my sister, and uh, her private school. We all went to school there, and now that's just an abandoned building. Uh, our mosque off of Western is a abandoned building now, and, and uh, yeah, it's just some parts of L.A. is just have never recovered economically but if these uh if these regentrifiers continue to uh um take over parts of la then we'll see those buildings uh taken over and turned into freaking high-rise condos and and stuff i seen a I seen a house not too long ago if you, and if you didn't know where it was you would have been totally fooled it was an ad on youtube uh, one point, one point two million for like a like nine hundred square foot, <laughs> one bedroom uh, around the Ladera Heights area, and and I knew exactly where it was, and that wasn't the best area, but it's going for one point two million dollars. Hmm. Wow. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, property values in LA are just they don't Crazy. make sense like That's, unless you really 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 want to live there that makes no sense yeah, yep. yeah. And, and, and as I was telling uh, my wife last week I was like <sighs> LA I, I, I love uh, where I was born uh, I definitely uh, appreciative of everything with it, but there's no way in the world he, I, I'd want to live in LA. Just that brief little, and the part where I was at, just uh, not even in like LA proper, but in like uh, 
Hollywood area and just in and around there. It's like, I couldn't deal with that. There, there, there had to have been at least four or five times where she had to kind of just clench my hand and be like, don't do it. They, they're just ignorant. And where it's like, you know what? I could see myself popping off on a couple people quick with just some of the attitudes. So I was like, you know what? I'm fine and laid back San Diego for right now. Yeah. yeah. The last time I went, there were a lot of interesting characters out there. I, I must say. Like to the point to where, like you said, you just can't put your guard down. You know, stay ready. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. All this, this COVID stuff hasn't helped with everybody walking around with masks on. So if you see somebody with a bandana on their face, you're not thinking nothing of it. Yeah. A yeah. bandana in the hood. That don't mean much now. But before, it's like, okay, fool, if you got a bandana and a hood on, <laughs> I just might stay a couple steps back so I can watch you. Yeah, what are you up to exactly? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 of course, I work in L.A., downtown LA as a matter of fact but there is absolute I, I've told you guys this hundreds of times they couldn't give me a house in LA they couldn't say hey we'll give you a free house in, in, anywhere of your choice in LA I would I, 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 I absolutely I'm sorry it's my city I was born born in Compton but you know, I was, uh, you know, we kind of had a unique, unique living situation. I was born in Compton. We lived in the IE, but my parents, my dad had, he was self-employed, had his own businesses, and my mother worked uh, for the phone company Pack Bell for all my old school heads. Um, so I essentially grew up, went to school. Uh, in LA uh, all the way until ninth grade. I went to private schools and so forth and so on. Uh, but we were in LA and at that time, you know, there was nothing funner, even though it was in the height, the height of uh, everything that you see on Snowfall. That's why I'm not really like rushing to, to, to watch Snowfall because I mean, I lived through it, you know. I mean, our family wasn't really involved in that type of lifestyle. We had family members that you know know, kind of fell victim to uh to uh the drug crisis uh but we never had really the big time you know we we didn't have no real gang members and stuff in the family you know we have family members associated you know um because you know we've had family members that are in uh in show business and stuff like that so they um, they were associated with some of the uh, some of the nightlife and stuff like that, but um, we never really grew up in that. So it was you know, you know we had you know we would be at our grandmother's house. You know we'd have the time of our life. All of our cousins would meet up. Uh, we had second Sunday a dinner. So our whole family would meet at my grandmother's house, and we would do that every month. Every month until I was like 13, 14 years old when my grandmother moved out of LA. And, and, and you know, just the, the, uh, the difference. It wasn't as crowded, you know. Uh, like I said, you had all that, all the gang violence, all the drugs and all that stuff, but it was a different code back then. You know, they didn't bother you if you wasn't involved. 
especially especially children for the most part and you know uh it, it was it was it was different now la is just no holes barred you everybody trying to eat everybody's trying to eat and everybody thinks they're celebrity especially now with um it's uh with with uh social media everybody mm-hmm. thinks they're a freaking celebrity the next tv star the next rapper the next hooper anything that has to do with entertainment everybody has a freaking camera now and and so this entitlement that's you know really a cancer on all la is like the 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 uh wolf man to the 25th power as you would say as john witherspoon said in vampire in brooklyn so <laughs> i i i just I do. I go. I go to work in LA, and then on my off days, I don't even want to look towards LA. You know, the Lakers may drag me down there. Uh, I refuse to go to a Dodger game because it's it's freaking ridiculous uh, the way the uh, way Dodger Stadium is set up. But other than that, I don't even look at LA because it's just it's not for me. I love I love my city I grew up in, but it's not for me. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I, I second that. It's I don't know what it is, but when you you get hyped when you're on your way there, but when you get there, it's like, all right, I need to go. I need to go now. I need it to is go. Like, and yeah, the thing that sucks is you can't go because the traffic is everywhere, so you're stuck. Like. I I, I, I want to say we left uh, from San Diego and we're at a pretty good clip coming up to five. But once we got like out of the Orange County area, I say we were struggling, struggling to get uh, through uh, all that madness that was out there. Uh, and it was a, we were constantly on uh, the 101 took uh, a minute the 405 and, and it's just like and every and it's not like everything is spaced out but it's just like clustered like right there you can't uh, go anywhere it, it just had me frustrated the whole time we were uh, at the t- uh, for most of the day Friday we spent the day uh, driving just stuck in that um, in that LA area. I think we left out of LA at about 7.30ish and didn't get to Newport Beach till 9.30, 10 o'clock. Sounds about right. Because we, we were in traffic the whole time. Sounds about right. And Newport Beach isn't that far from LA to where it should take that long. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's it's, and that's that's every day. There's no break, you know. When I was going back to when we were growing up, you know, the weekends, the weekends, you you can you. I remember we used to be able to get from L.A. to the I.E. in a matter of like 30, 30 35 minutes, forty minutes. 45 minutes if you were pushing it. Now it takes LA to IE where we live. Um, 
the hour and 30 minutes. Uh, or like a, a rush hour traffic, hour and 30 minutes. Hour and 30 minutes. And and and, and it just... Man, it, it, and if, if... You know what? If it wasn't so much traffic, I think that's what it would... It, it, if traffic wasn't that bad, I think I can tolerate LA. Yeah. But... Uh, but once you get down to then, I, th- I think twice. Once you get down to Holly Weird and and other area, it's just it's you know uh, there's different people. I I just I can't deal with the different different people now. As if it was uh, normal 1980s, <laughs> 19 early 90s, that I may be able to slide it if it was still that time. Now these these folks out here in these streets are different. So let's I'll just say that. Because, uh, well, well, I and I agree to an extent, but the traffic you make a great point on that because each time I've gone up to LA with my wife, we're stuck in traffic. Like, uh, it was a our the first trip that we had, one of our first dates when we went up to LA, we had a whole day planned. We literally got to do one thing on the whole during the whole time because we were stuck in traffic the whole time. Uh, just trying to get to one site so yeah the, the traffic there kills a lot uh, and the thing is there's really no way around it like there's no back roads or street ways you could take to anything you gotta for the most part catch the freeway everywhere and you're stuck in traffic on the freeway oh yeah and all the back roads that you used to be able to take those are filled now because yeah. back Back in the day, uh, there wasn't as many houses, so you didn't have these people on these back roads. Of course, you didn't have ways and all these different apps that can tell you all these. If unless you was a, a, a person like my father, who this <laughs> this brother's amazing. I uh, and this guy knew every way. He knew how to get through all the LA grids. He he could get from LA to IE on the streets in so many different ways. Uh, um, he was uh, a literally he was a human Thomas guy. <laughs> For those that you know, you know what a Thomas guy is, DJ. No, I don't. <laughs> well, I do me, and, me and my nephew just me and my oldest nephew just dated our age. Well, for for my young listeners out there, Thomas guides are actually maps uh, and grids, pretty much through uh, the city. This is what you had to use before you had ways, before you had all these uh, convenient digital apps that can tell you, hey, make this left turn here. You actually mapped your way to your destination or just use the, the number one computer with your brain off memory. So that's what Thomas guys were. Well, my dad was a human Thomas guy. This guy knew how to get everywhere. So... I know how to maneuver through back streets in LA. Just remembering, uh, you know, riding with my father when I was young. So um, we used to be able to take the take the streets home and avoid the traffic on the freeway. Now those days are gone because all those little uh, hidden passages they're all filled with houses now. So that's even out the door. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately. Now, I, I kind of did what I, I wasn't intending for this to be the 
topic of the show, but I did want to uh, real quick uh, touch upon uh, another part of uh, my uh, my trip last week. Now, speaking of LA, we've touched upon that a little bit, but I want to tell you, Newport Beach. <laughs> now, th- I-, I will say, like the views and everything uh, out in Newport Beach, very, very nice uh, and, and amazing views. Actually, that the, the view from our um, hotel to that ocean view—they weren't kidding. That really is a great ocean view that you see. But I, I will say this. The people out there, they took one look at me and my wife and like, what are you guys doing here? You don't belong. <laughs> we were getting those looks literally the whole time we were there. It, it was crazy. I, I, we went to this mall out there and, and I, 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 I'll just tell you, some of the stairs we were getting and that... Now, I, I will say this. It wasn't everybody, because some people were nice, friendly, would say hello. Others would just stare and just kind of be in shock. I vividly remember this kid just uh, walked up and just stared at me uh, at the beach for like two minutes <laughs> until I was like, yes. And then they kicked <laughs> off running. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so it, it's like, um, are we aliens or what? It, 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 <laughs> It, it was a whole nother experience going out there. original man, and he was in awe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, that's, 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 uh, yeah, they, they are used to seeing a certain image of what's around, uh, what they believe you should be around there. Um, but you and your, I seen the pictures of you and your lovely wife. And uh, you guys, you guys are what the image should be. Uh, you know, a, a lovely, lovely black couple, uh, you know, dressed to the T. And they and a lot of them ain't used to that. So um, that's why I, I'm another one that likes doing that. I had kind of the same similar situation. I was out with my boys uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um Actually, last week I was out with my boys and we were suiting and booted, uh, suit and ties. I like taking my boys out doing that uh, just to uh, get them used to wearing suits and ties in public because uh, that's 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 our class A. So um, this older lady walked up to us. We were in the supermarket getting uh, getting some uh, food and a lady said, oh, you look like you're going somewhere. And uh, I said, no, ma'am, this is just the way we dress every week. And she was like, oh, that's so nice. You don't hear that too much no more. And I was like, yes, ma'am, that's just the way how we are. That's the way I teach my sons. And so uh, when you break that mold, sometimes it's, you know, you, you, we, we discuss on this show breaking the matrix. You breaking the matrix. You're not supposed to be in certain parts. You're not supposed to look a certain way. And when when you break that matrix, that that chip in their brain, sometimes they just can't they can't take it, and they just are staring in awe. And then you got to say something like, "Yes, I'm supposed yeah. to be here just like you." And a lot of the times, 
you didn't get the you didn't get the the lift up or the or the uh or the trust fund or the the hand me down you had to work three times as hard and you there so you uh you belong just like anybody else and that's what i tell my sons and my daughter you guys belong just like everybody else you work hard you do what you're supposed to do you treat yourself to the the night the finer things in life yeah and that's yeah and that and that's kind of how i the approach i took is like none of y'all are better than us like so you could stare all you want i'm out here shining with my with my girl like and we belong here absolution you got anything on that dj nah man i i personally myself i don't you know if people are looking at me like that i i don't pay it no mind like i'll be so enjoying myself i, I don't even pay attention yeah because uh, you're, yeah. you're a confident brother so yeah for sure <laughs> for sure i'm a leo <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I hear you there for sure, DJ. Uh, I hear you, but because yeah, like my thing is, is like me personally, like especially with all the you know, I guess you can call it quote unquote racial tension within the last year. I don't let none of that crap get to me because I realize at the end of the day, if you're ignorant enough to look at me a certain way, that's on you to deal with. You know, that's that's not gonna affect me. I'm not going to look at myself any differently. I'm not going to question myself because of you having hate in your heart or, you know, you having confusion in your life, you know, any of that, you know, I'm not going to let that get to me. Not even one bit, you know? Um, so I could like, I don't, I don't mind walking into places like me personally. I like being in those, in those areas because guess what? That's where the money is. Like when you go to these Huntington beaches and, and places like that, all those houses are $3 million. So, you know, just being around that energy, you attract yourself to that. So, hey, I'm trying to strive to be able to live out there, you know, so I could care less how you looking at me because at the end of the day, we all, you know, it don't matter if you LeBron James, it don't matter if you uh, Michael Jordan, it don't matter who you are. We all, you know, we all got blood. We all got skin. And we all can't judge each other. Fair point. Because the way point. I look at it, too, is like, hey, if there's an alien invasion, what's going to happen? It's us <laughs> against them. And it don't matter what color you are at that point. <laughs> it don't matter if you fat. It don't matter if you black, white, Asian, Mexican. It don't matter what you are. It's human, alien. <laughs> <laughs> good point good point uh, yeah uh, I just wanted to touch upon like the uh, you know, weekend like, like I said I had a great time I can't wait to do it again uh, already well that the, the biggest trip that we're tentatively planning right now notwithstanding that the craziness of trying to get tickets to that event but uh, that'll be the next thing to look forward to. Uh, hopefully get to uh, see a lot of the family out there for that. But 
Yeah, uh, I uh, just wanted to shift gears real quick. And I know last show we talked about that we really weren't, at least I haven't been watching too much basketball, but I did want to go over a couple things that had happened here recently with basketball and the thing that I had sent it to you guys earlier today kind of, I don't, I won't say it uh, reinforces what I had left this with, with the Russell Westbrook uh, to the Lakers thing, but uh, what do you guys uh, thoughts on that that I had sent uh, with uh, LeBron and AD following his wife and then hearing rumors that the package might be Kuz, KCP and uh, Trez and maybe a pick to make the money work to uh, to get Russ to come to LA. I like it. I like it. Um I also seen that they're trying to make it a big deal that Kuz took uh, LA Lakers out his out his bio. Yeah. Um, this is definitely an interesting time as far as like the social media with the whole free agency thing goes. Um, you know, but I do think it's something, you know, with them following his wife, because you don't just follow a man's wife for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> um but as far as the move goes, I definitely think the Lakers should pull that trigger because they need a true point guard. If they have a true point guard, I think that solves a lot of their problems. Because um, Dennis Schroeder was not a true point guard. And you've seen when Rondo was on the court, he was solving a lot of the the Lakers' problems, which was, you know, not being able to get shots created off, you know, when it's not in LeBron's hands. Um mm-hmm. So I think a Westbrook AD pick and roll would be deadly. Um, I think, you know, if we're able to shape the roster from, you know, Westbrook, Braun, and AD, I think. Oh, and Drummond. You know, I think we're, we're going to be in really good shape. And I think THT is going to have a huge year next year also. Me too. I think the only thing that would uh, stop them getting him to come back would be if some team just went crazy and did the three-year, eighty-two million dollar deal that I've heard them talk about, like the Gilbert Arenas. Wait, 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 wait. for who? For, for THC. Yeah, because excuse me, hold on, wait, what? <laughs> because that's what a team technically could sign him for is uh, three years, like eighty-one million, what? something like that where the first two years the Lakers don't have a problem matching but the third year is like a balloon payment and it go and it gets crazy so where he's basically like a max player almost and by that third year if you're kind of projecting where he'd be at you're kind of saying he'd already or some be somewhat close to that if a team is like you know what to try and pry him away from the Lakers, they might throw that out there and be like, all right, you got to tie up your salary cap and match that. If not, he's gone type of thing. Yeah, that that three years, 80 million, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. That's like THT showed a lot. You know, I definitely think he is going to be a star in this league. And I guess, you know, he is. He, he'll eventually be worth that price tag. But, you know, it's just kind of, ah, three years, 80 mil? My God. 
Yeah, because he'd be what twenty at the end of that deal, twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Yep, it'd be 2024. So, and for him, I mean, that's great money for somebody his age right now. And so you can't fault him for even being interested in it. Now, what team is crazy enough to throw that out there to say, all right, the Lakers won't match this? Houston. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's a great point. They they got. They got Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley back for James Harden. I think they'll, I think they'll do it at this point. <laughs> that was the worst trade in NBA history, and that was all on Houston because they didn't have to make it. And my dude, think about it like this: all the teams that was turning down what they were asking for Harden are so stupid. First of all, let's see: Miami, Philly. dumb, Philly. Dumb. Ben Simmons is he's not really worth much. And you know what? <laughs> he, he's, he's exposing himself. I can't let let's save that. Let's save that. Yeah, let's save it because I, I want to go that. Let's touch on that. that next, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, other than that, um I think you know the Lakers getting Westbrook and hopefully we can keep THT. You know, that that would be a good squad, but I honestly feel like Caruso, he, mm, he's, he, I think he's done. Um, he, I love him as a player, but you know, I've seen uh, Gilbert Arenas. He, he analyzed it very well. You know, as far as, you know, there aren't really no such thing as a lockdown defender in the NBA anymore because these dudes are too talented on the offensive end. Like for Caruso, if you're guarding Devin Booker. Devin Booker's still putting up 25 on you. And you're coming on the other end, having maybe at the most 10 points, and he doesn't have to guard you. So, you know, he's not using any of his energy, resting on defense. So, you know, I think Caruso, like he he's kind of, you know, he's, he's somewhat at his peak. You know, he's a solid player, though. But I just think the Lakers need to, like, upgrade to, like, a Buddy Hill, you know, somebody that, you know, he's not the best defender, but he can shoot the lights out. He's a shooter, yeah. Because as you see, if, if you guys watch that Utah and Clipper game, man, they was exchanging blows. Donovan Mitchell hitting step back threes with two people on them. Clippers come back down, hit another three. It's like, you know, you can't have a Caruso out there that's not consistently hitting. Because you mess around and get outscored because you're not going to stop. You can't, you know, some of these players like Trey Young, Steph Curry, you can't stop them. Like, there's no stopping that. That's why I think Westbrook would be such a big upgrade because you got to have, right now, you got to have a, a triple, triple-headed monster in the league right now in order to be top echelon. Uh, last year, they hung their hat, hat on defense. And uh, LeBron and AD were so dominant uh, that it was it, 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 that was the recipe to uh, to take them to a chip. As you can see, if one of them go down or if both of them go down, they didn't have enough uh, enough offensive firepower in order to in order to contribute and uh, and take them over the top. I think with Westbrook, he adds a lot of a lot of that. 
and the bravado that they need, the hunger that they need again. Uh, yeah. And that's the big thing with me. Yeah, that's true. Brings that hunger. That, that energy. Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. He brings that back to the table. And I just pray he doesn't get hurt, though. Man, really don't. Really don't. Uh, but uh, I like I told you the episode before when I was kind of hearing hearing inklings of it when it was in its infantile stages, uh, I was on board with it. Um, Because I think Wes would fit, I think he would fit perfect here. And I people online saying no, but I'm like, man, you just just like, just like when people were saying, oh, uh, Kyrie and, and, and Harden couldn't coexist, him, Durant, and Harden couldn't coexist. I'm like, man, please. I kind of doubted it at first, just from, uh, just, you know, to see more of how Durant would, uh, would, would play with that Achilles, but, um, talent wise, man, please, it's not, it's a no brainer. You got to get the, you got to get the talent, especially in these, in these big markets. You got to, if you can bring in these, these top notch talents, which Wessel Westbrook is, he's a walking triple double and uh, just his, just his attitude that he brings to the table. Um, Cause I found it very disturbing this year watching LeBron tell KCP, Hey man, you got to shoot the rock. That, that was disturbing <laughs> to me. Bro, you won a chip already. It should, you should be, and that's what we we're talking about with Danny Green. He, although he missed that three la- uh, last year, you couldn't tell Danny Green to stop shooting. But well, you needed to. But but, <laughs> but but the thing about the thing about it is, uh, Rob. I remember one year, Rob. I think shot like two for twenty nine in the playoffs, but. Would anybody tell Robert Ory to stop shooting, especially game-winning shots? Uh, and I think he was playing with the Spurs when he did that. Uh, no, it was with the Lakers. I remember because remember that game, the, the Spurs series where the Lakers lost. Yeah. And specifically that game where they were getting blown out and Kobe had brought them back and kicked it to Ory. Kobe still had the confidence to kick it to Ori for a game winner and it rimmed out yep. and, and he just couldn't find the rhythm that whole uh, series but yeah he like he even they'll say shooters shoot and he just kept on shooting he didn't like pass up that opportunity he took the shot unfortunately just didn't go in but okay. nobody had to tell him hey man you need to shoot that but let's and also I'm gonna add on to your point uh, brother Nazi, uh, when he went to San Antonio, what happened? He ended up hitting another game winning shot for San Antonio, right? Yeah, because he kept shooting. I remember going way back in the day to to uh, Michael Cooper, the '88 the '88 championship, and I'm just giving Laker examples. I'm sure there's been other examples of other people that uh, kept shooting no matter what. But I'm giving you Laker examples because I'm a Laker fan and remembering just straight off hand. Coop in that Detroit series, Coop shot two for 31 through the first five, I think, five games of the series. Uh, um, 
and uh, first six games, I believe. And then game seven, he ended up coming back and hitting three huge three-pointers in that game because uh, the Lakers trusted him enough and he trusted his championship pedigree enough to say to hell with it, I'm open, I'm shooting the rock. <laughs> and, and, and and DJ, you know as a hooper, what do they tell you? What do shooters do? Shooter shoot. And so um, we're tying it all the way back to my point. That's what the Lakers need. They need they need guys that have that bravado, guys that aren't afraid to take that big shot, to be in the big moment. And I don't think Wes is afraid of that, especially being from here. I think that's why really he's intrigued about uh, trying to get here is because this is where it all started at. And what will be better than to help lead uh, this uh, this team back to the top of the top of the mountain, top of the pin, uh, top of the pinnacle? Oh, I agree with that for sure, definitely. Now, DJ touched upon it uh, uh, earlier with Ben Simmons, but before we get to that, I did want to real quick get you guys' thoughts on two situations kind of brewing right now. Now, it's years away from anything happening, obviously, but the LC was going on with Dallas, with Luka and all the the changes going on, the coaching in the front the front office. Oh, the coach got and then, or what? Yeah, Carlisle's gone. Dave, I didn't know that. I didn't know Yeah. That. And then with Zion saying that he's not happy with all the madness going on in New Orleans and his family talking and wanting to get him up out of um, New Orleans already. It's like he just got there and he's ready to leave already. I mean... I don't blame he, him, though. Yeah, this will be his third coach. Like, got rid of Alvin Gentry and then thought you were going to get structure with Stan Van Gundy. That's not the case. He can't relate to the dudes. And now the rumors are possibly Teresa Witherspoon as the next head coach. So we'll see if that's the case there. But, yeah, just wanted to get you guys' takes on that real quick before we uh, jump into the Ben Simmons talk that I wanted to go over. Um, I think the whole Dallas situation, I mean, that's it's a given. You know, they, they definitely should have won that series. Porzingis definitely should have showed up. And, you know, it's just what happens, you know, when a team doesn't beat expectations. Because um, if they do Doc Rivers like that, um, like how they did Carlisle, you, like at some point, like these coaches are the first ones to blame. But at the end of the day, bro, it's basketball. Like, you know, you, you Porzingis, you, you got you to gotta give something, bro. Like, it's not all literally just strategy stuff. It's you missing shots. It's you not, you know, playing like a superstar. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we'll talk about, you know, the Sixers and all that in a second. But, you know, I just think that, you know, it's a given. You know, I don't think they're overreacting in any way. I think that they feel that they're probably stagnant, you know, and it's probably best that they stay proactive while they got Luka Young and on fire like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, if, if anybody can convince Luca to stay, it will be, uh, it would be Mark Cuban. Uh, 
Yeah. And he's going to do all in his power to to try and get uh, get help there and try and keep him there because he realizes what he has in, in, in Luka. Uh, it'll be interesting, though, um, you know, because LeBron, he looks up to LeBron. And, and if LeBron really, really on his way out wanted to do the Lakers a super solid, <laughs> along with, along, just, he could just, Luca, look, your idol, I'm your idol. And then the, your idol before me is was here also. And then you got, you got AD, he already got the pedigree. You know, uh, man, you, this can be your town and the biggest, in the biggest market in the NBA, man, it, it would I be. I would want somebody like Luca. Huh? I said I would want somebody like Luca. Yeah, it it it, it would be a no brainer. Because it's uh, great to have like stars, but it's nothing like having like that young star. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, as for Zion, uh, my nephew kind of touched on it. You know, if if Stan Van Gundy couldn't relate to that squad. What makes them think Teresa Witherspoon is going to really relate to that young squad? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that's a uh, that's a situation where it 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 didn't look good from get go for me. Yeah. Um, you know when they couldn't retain AD to stay there and try and run with because I think if him and AD had ran together. Uh, and and put some pieces around that team, man. They could have been a force. They yeah, could have been a force. But AD, I think he's seen the writing on the wall uh, when AD said, "Man, look, I don't even want to be here. Period. I don't care. You got the number one pick. Zion's coming in. I think Zion has these these new guys. Man, they groom. They groom from man seven eight years old. So." Um, they got teams all around. I know they say, hey, man, AD gave seven years here. Uh, and I come in my first three years and I have three different coaches. Nah, <laughs> I ain't about to write, waste my time, waste my yeah. good years around here. Uh, get me up out of here, man. <laughs> what, what he'll probably end up is like a Blake Griffin, sadly, because he depends a lot on his athleticism. Yeah. You know, but, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that, but yeah, like you said, with him, with his play style being the way it is, it's best that he, you know, does something early in his career compared to BS in his first five years, because that's all it's been the first three. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of BS, a whole lot of movement, <laughs> you know. A whole lot of young talent that just hasn't been able to be developed. But I think there isn't such thing as being too young. Too and young. I think, and I think that's what they are, It's too young. And that's what the Lakers were. That's why the Lakers had to make that move. And I remember fighting with people last year about, oh, man, they traded away B.I., they traded away uh, Lonzo. And and I was like, bro, it's a no-brainer. I said, what, what do you think, LeBron's going to come here to run with a bunch of young pups? Yeah, there's no way. Well, because you got to remember, Brandon Ingram, he kind of hit a ceiling. That, uh, that year he played LeBron, he hit a ceiling. Then as soon as he uh, got traded, he exploded. So I think, you know, with these young players playing with somebody like LeBron, it's not, you know, it's not an easy thing. And then on top of it, you're playing in L.A. So I think that I honestly think that's what happened with Kuz also Mm -hmm. is 
not only is he in LA, he's playing with LeBron. So it's like, you know, I'm sure when he gets traded, if he gets traded to Sacramento or whatever, I'm sure he'll go crazy. Like, I'm sure he will. But, you know, he, he need like him, Lonzo, Lonzo, same thing. Like, you see, Lonzo barely broke out this year, mm-hmm. you know, but he was showing flashes with the Lakers. Like, I think these dudes just, you know, getting drafted to the Lakers. The Lakers aren't, like, Kobe was a different breed. Like, he was a way different breed. And with Kobe playing for the franchise for 20 years, I think that in itself is, like, pressure. You know, and then you got the city, you got LeBron. You know, it's just a lot. So, I think that 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 they're way too young, you know. So, I mean, when Zion, I, I feel like Zion definitely should leave mm-hmm. before he mess around and can't jump no more. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, he should go to New York. Oh, no. Julius Randle's already over there. Yeah. His twins already. Yeah, twins. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Let's hop on these Sixers, man. Oh, no. Sorry, DJ. One last thing. The uh, Real quick, though. Uh, what is your, you guys' thoughts on that Kimba for Al Horford trade? You yeah. have you? Do you guys watch Jalen and Jacoby? And Jalen and Jacoby? I do, but I didn't hear them talk so you about know it. The, you know the keep it moving or hit the break segment. Yeah, this is a keep it moving segment. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I wish we had the sound effect for it. man. Keep it moving and hit the brakes. Keep it moving. <laughs> well, we almost gave Kimba a max deal, too. Yikes. Yeah, that, well. that could have been up there with the Steve Nash deal. Yeah. yeah well, that's what happens. 6 1 guard, knees go out. And you know he ain't going to stick around in Oklahoma. It ain't like Oklahoma City wants him. Yeah, he so it's like, Yeah, so it's like. Where is he going to end up after this? I can see him going to, like, uh, Miami. Yeah. I can so see that. I think he would be a good fit in Miami. Oladipo, him, Jimmy Butler. Bam. Don't put put that thought in Miami's heads, because then they can start to do that all over again. Like, we're going to be back next year. But yeah, let, let's hit this Ben Simmons thing because I I heard somebody on a podcast uh, uh, when I was driving today that had me had me uh, thinking about a couple of things. Now I gotta admit, uh, like Ben Simmons, I think he's a a, a fine player. He, he's he's cool. Uh, he he has the potential. To like, uh, to be like, uh, I won't say LeBron, but LeBron light with everything that he can do. He just hasn't realized yet. It's like a mental block when it comes to his, his shooting. I don't know what's going on with that. But somebody on a radio show on the podcast today said he wouldn't even trade Robert Covington for Ben oh, Simmons. Oh. And I, I, I got to ask you guys, I know his value is taking a hit this year, but to the point DJ was making earlier, he was the centerpiece of a James Harden trade 
earlier this year, and now uh, you got clowns out here saying that you wouldn't even give up Robert Covington for him. So it's like, come on. So I just want to get you guys' thoughts. Where do you see Ben Simmons at right now? And do you think that he's still salvageable at this point? So I think he he's definitely uh, exposing himself right now. Um, I think with this social media age, a lot of these dudes are overhyped. And he definitely is looking like an overhyped player. Um, because it's like, bro, you took one shot in the fourth quarter, like the whole series, bro. Like, come on, like that, that can't be possible. You're a 6'10 point guard. Like that, that's the reason it's like at this point, Sean Livingston was better than him. And there's no reason he doesn't have a game like Sean Livingston. Because Sean Livingston was maybe 6'6", 6'7", and you've seen how dominant he was because he was a quote-unquote big guard. Ben Simmons is 6'10", 6'11". Like, it makes no sense. He has no back-to-the-basket game. He don't got no no sort of post-game, no nothing. He just dribble, 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 pass, and just not, you know, he's he's just wasting space out there because he can't shoot. Now, to that, DJ, and I want to get your thoughts on this here too, brother T. Do you think it's just that he doesn't have that in his game, or is that with Embiid right down there in the post, is there enough room down there for him to be able to create? Would Would it be smart if they trade him off to like, and it doesn't have to be like a bum team like in the scenario I'm about to give, but let's say they just trade him to Detroit for whatever. I don't like, that, that ain't really going to happen. Well, let's just say he's in Detroit where it's his show. He's got the ball in his hands where he can pretty much do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to worry about anybody in his way in the post or anything like that. Do you see his game opening up? Or is it because Embiid is down there and you definitely got to feed the big man and you got to be able to play off that, that it kind of, that just doesn't match up well. Uh, with his game potential? I think it's kind of uh, with Embiid being able to shoot threes, that doesn't really help Ben Simmons out because it's like, okay, if you could have ben, if you could have Joel Embiid on the three-point line, it makes no sense that you're not attacking. Like, attack the basket. You, your big could step out for a three. There's no excuse for that. Like, there shouldn't be no sort of spacing problem because Embiid can knock him down. Like, you got to close out. You know, so if you're not closing out, he's, he's going to hit a couple. You know, so I just think, like I said, he's really exposing himself, not being able to shoot free throws. He don't got a jumper. He can't, like, it's like, you just they just backing up and not even guarding him. He, like I said, literally wasting space. And Brother T, what's your take on this? Um, I'm going to go back to a couple years ago, um, which kind of put me, kind of turned me off from Ben Simmons uh, from from then. When uh, Kobe was... uh, uh, I was going to say that to continue. When Kobe was analyzing his game and uh, Kobe Kobe tried to give him some advice on, you know, this 
this is what you should be doing. This is what you should work on. And Simmons uh, kind of replied, you know, but I don't need to, I don't need to uh, change anything about my game. Um, like, uh, like my nephew DJ said that, you know, a lot of these guys are overhyped and they've been te- having people tell them since they was in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade that they are the crap. They don't have to, you're the best thing since sliced bread, blah, blah, blah. And some of these guys don't uh, understand that once you get to a certain level, now you have to try and prove your game to that next level. And I kind of think the NBA breaks down to three different points. Your first one to three, feeling your way around the league, how are you getting your feet wet? What, should, what 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 can I do? You know, I can get by with uh, with this move, but then I don't have a counter. Maybe I have a counter, but I don't have moves three, four, and five. Then years five through ten, that's usually your prime years. All right, man, I got I got the Jaders. I can get to the rack. I got my handles down. I got moves one, two, three, and uh, you know nobody can stop me on moves two and three. And then you break down into years like nine through 12. Now that's when you got to really start using your mind and start thinking the game out even more um, where you start to, because your athleticism drops and, you know, uh, you, you may not be able to beat that guy off the dribble as fast as you used to. That's why you see guys like Kobe and MJ and uh, you know, even Dirk in his later years, uh, I think uh, think of him and and uh, uh, even LeBron to you know a certain extent, where these guys develop fallaways, uh, they develop uh, different different aspects to their games in order to improve and uh, in order to survive. What I see from Ben Simmons is that. He's like, man, I'll be able to just go around anybody anytime. Uh, I'm 6'10". I can dribble. And so I don't really need to improve my game like that. Uh, so, I mean, so what? I'm being exposed. Uh, I-, I can still get by. Nobody's nobody's going to uh, tell me anything. So uh, you see people that don't work on their craft, especially in today's game, they get exposed. Now, you can see the people that took their advice from Kobe that have worked with Kobe, like Devin Booker, like Jason Tatum, like Dingy Braids, AKA, you know, the basement, basement dweller, Kawhi. Um, uh, who else is on? Uh, uh, who else did you say? Well, I know good. No, I know Gordon Hayward also worked out with him. And shoot, probably like, if we look it up, we can find many more dudes that worked out with Kobe for sure. But I'm just just thinking of those three right offhand. And you Mm -hmm. see where their games have gone to that that next level. Uh, and, And from what I see from Ben Simmons is that He's like, oh man, I can get by on my, I can get by on my uh, athleticism. I ain't never gonna go away. Well, we see, come playoff basketball, 
where people can really hone in on your skills, which we've which we've talked about before, and people are seeing you for a seven game series, and you're not able to go and beat up on the bums of the East or the bums of the West in order to kick up your stats a little bit. You playing a top notch team every night, every other night, so you you get exposed for what your game really is when you move along through the playoffs and you, the competition gets better. And, uh, you know, ever since I heard that quote from Ben Simmons, he's kind of, you know, I, I've, uh, I've taken him with a grain of salt. And uh, as you can see, what kind of basketball mind Kobe had, he can see it from get going. Now you can see Ben Simmons is being exposed, being exposed for what he is. And, uh, you know, I'm not exactly uh, a proponent of three-point shooting, uh, but, man, you got to have some sort of mid-range, mid-range game at least uh, to keep people honest. You got to have that because, uh, or you just got to use your 6'10 frame and get in that post and put in work because uh, Magic didn't have the best jump shot when he came in the league. But even though it was a standstill shot, by the time Magic uh, retired, he was uh, stepping out to the three-point line. So uh, you could tell the guys that really care about their craft and re- really care about getting better. And I, uh, I just don't see it from Ben Simmons. Well, I mean, one thing I'll say that people have mentioned, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but uh, Jalen said it, Kobe said it, and I've heard another dude on this uh, podcast I listen to say it, he shoots at the wrong hand. Like, that's one thing that people that break down film want to say. Like, if you look at him shoot, he shoots at the wrong hand. So, right there is one big thing that would uh, need to be corrected from Jim. So, it's like, little things like that and not uh, and not uh, making steps and to the the brother on the podcast point, he's like with Ben, and to your point too, brother. T, at certain points of your career, you uh, add something new to your game. Whether it's like, all right, I didn't have this uh, last season. Let me add that to it so that I I can have that going forward. And with him, is there if anybody can remember is there anything that he's done it's like oh Ben brought this with him this year to his game because I haven't like everybody keeps saying where's his three point shot where's his three point shot it, it, it ain't even about that at this point has he done a uh, has he had any post game added on has he even done like a, a, a simple step back move anything like that and it's like he, he, he comes into each and every season the exact same. So that's why I was kind of wondering, is it because of how that the team is made up of and where he just doesn't have the room to kind of grow his game with uh, Embiid or is it just this is the way he's going to be? Can, can I chime back in real quick, Brother uh, Anazi? Yeah. Uh, so for me, that you know, I'm not directing this towards you, but this is for me. That's not an excuse because going back, uh, 
and and I know everybody's probably like this brother's always going back in time. Yes, I'm the time machine. But going back to Shaq in 2000, so Shaq had his MVP season 2000, dominated, won the MVP of regular season, won the MVP of the finals. What did Kobe do that next year? Kobe came back and was like, "The hell with this, man." I'm going to get better. I'm going to improve myself and 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 make myself better in order to make the team better. Now, we can all say that Shaq was the dominant focal point on that team, right? At that time. But Kobe said the hell with that. I'm about to get better and if you guys don't want to come with me. That's that's on you. I don't see that's what I'm talking about what I don't see in Ben Simmons. Just because the team is focused on on Joel Embiid doesn't mean that you can't improve your game and get better and find your niche because if I'm sure Embiid would be like, "Man, cool. You know what? It's 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 Joel's, I mean it's it's Ben Simmons' turn." Just like Shaq and Kobe used to do. Shaq kind of of course pushed back during that season they got into they fist of cuffs but come playoff time in 2001 when they went on that historical 15 and 1 run what was Kobe doing in those playoffs and then when it came time to Philly for Philly Shaq took over and 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 uh was his dominant self in the finals so i think it's Ben Simmons attitude that that um that doesn't allow him to want to improve. It has nothing to do about the team being focused on Joel Embiid. I think it's Ben Simmons' attitude that uh, that 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 is the uh, blockage for him. Well, yeah, yeah, I I, I agree uh, to a point there with that, but I don't think honestly his game is. It could it could mess Kobe wise with it and be like that, like his skill set. It, it he doesn't have that skill set in him. Like his body type and everything, I don't see him being a Kobe type to mess with and beat um, along those lines. But you you can't teach you can't teach six ten and ball handler. You, you can't teach that. It, okay, I'll give you somebody that's more uh, comparable to uh, to him, like a Lamar Odom. That's that's who I would compare him to, a uh, Lamar. And uh, and we seen what Lamar was able to do when he was here. He found his niche. You know, you had a ball dominant Kobe. You know, you had Powell taking up the post and Andrew Bynum. But what did Lamar do? Lamar found his niche. And uh, Lamar wasn't the the best uh, knockdown shooter, but he was able to at least keep teams honest. And uh, I, I, and because Lamar did work on parts of his his game, but you know, like I said, bringing it back to uh, to ben, ben Simmons, I really think that it's it's on him and his attitude that that really is keeping him at a standstill in his career. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. But the only thing I would say to that, and I love Lamar's game, but Ben is being paid to be like a number one. Yeah. And if you're trying to get 
him to be more along the Lamar Odoms thing, then it, it's kind of like, all right, did they uh, did they not project him uh, properly then? Because everything that and it goes back to how we rate these dudes uh, from jump, but everything that was being uh, sold on him was that, as I mentioned earlier, he was LeBron light, that powerful. Uh, great ball handler defender can uh, get to the rim with ease and then the jump shot will eventually come and to that point like a lot of that is true like the only thing he doesn't have that same aggressiveness that LeBron does and except for the jump shot so if we're saying that uh, it's he it let's uh, re-evaluate uh, what he could be and kind of just have him be your defender, third option, uh, three and D guy, okay, but you're paying him max money for that, and I just don't see it. I, I need more out of my uh, third option than that for sure. Sidebar. <laughs> All right. Uh, can I ask both of you guys this question honestly? Barring teams and records, Barring teams and records, who's had a better career to you so far? Him or Brandon Ingram? Who? Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Ben, Sim- ben Simmons, and I'm a I'm a diehard Ingram fan. I that was the thing that I, I knew we had to get to give up Ingram to get AD, but that hurt when they traded him. Because I was trying to come up with any scenario. <laughs> to keep him and AD and uh, LeBron all together. But if I'm being re- – it wasn't that long ago where Ben was going nuts on people and nobody was saying this about him. It's like the these particular playoffs here have kind of amplified it. But there was a time where he was giving triple doubles and was giving people the business. It For whatever reason, I don't know what has happened recently, but – He's regressed and kind of shut down, but uh, there were some dark times in Ingram's his first couple years in the, with the Lakers where it was like, damn, this brother can't shoot, and he's barely a good defender. He ain't putting on any weight. What is he going to turn into? I would be getting hyped when he would have, oh, Ingram had a 15-point game. I'd be getting hyped on Ingram 15-point games when Ben would be out there having 15-point triple-doubles, so... Right now, and like, and looking at it right now, you might say, "Oh yeah, Ingram's definitely had a better career." But taking the look at being uh, him as the first pick, Ingram as the second pick, all the way up till now, I still would go with Ben Simmons. But it isn't like it's leaps and bounds above. But looking at the totalities of their career up to this point, I still got Ben over uh, Bi. You know why? His mid range is deadly, though. Now it is, yeah, but he couldn't uh, uh, throw a pebble in the ocean his first uh, two, three years with the Lakers. He would have so many wide open jumpers, and it would be like, you'd hope that it would go in. I remember, prime example, his first, his now granted, it's his rookie year, so I, I hate to be killing him on this. He might have had a 12-point game against uh, San Antonio. 
and that was his best game of the year, like a 12-point game. And out of a whole rookie season, your best game is 12 points. It's like, and that he was he wasn't giving you anything else but the scoring, and the scoring wasn't even there then. So let's kind of and not lose perspective on just what's happened this last year, year and a half. Kind of keep things in perspective, as you said, brother T. Their whole career. Oh, um, I, well, it's kind of a method to my madness, but you know why I pose that question? Because look at look at the trajectory of. I mean, like I said, barring teams and records, look at the trajectory of Bi's game compared to Simmons. Simmons came out like gangbusters, like you said, giving us 15-point triple-doubles. He was he was, he was, was at the top, kind of at the top of his game when he came out. But now that the league is kind of caught up, and, and because he hasn't worked on his game, look at what B.I. is doing. B.I. is now on an upward trend because he had to get his feet wet in the league and then once he got his feet wet, okay, now I gotta get stronger. I gotta add these things. I gotta add this 15 footer in order to get. I gotta get stronger in order to get the rack, uh, get to the rack and take bumps. He's he's on an upward trend compared to Ben Simmons, who hasn't worked on his game. And you see that the league is caught up with him. And so now we we can only hope that he can get out of this nosedive that we've seen uh, in the playoffs. But if 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 he doesn't, then where does that leave Ben Simmons compared to to compared to Bi? You know, because I think I think if you put Bi on this Philly team, I, I, it, it, I'm not saying necessarily that they are are uh, head and shoulders better. But if you put Bi on this Philly team, then I think he goes perfect with a guy like Embiid uh, because he can create. He also can, you know, get Embiid involved because he can handle the rock just as good as Ben Simmons to me now. Um, and he's he's an offensive threat. Uh, maybe the only thing that Ben Simmons to me has over him is, uh, you know, um, his uh, his uh, his defensive prowess. But other than that, um, I think Bi it would be considered on the upward trend more than Ben Simmons right now. If if you had the tra- if you had the chance if you was Philly would you make that trade straight up right now? I don't know because for everything that we're saying about Bi, like when's the last time he's been in the playoffs? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying barring we we're not talking about barring you know playoffs and teams and and records. Let's just we just and and, and sorry cut you off the road, but that goes to the point I was making earlier about the team you have around you though because yes B.I. is doing this because the team that he has he's got nobody in the paint clogging up things for him and to where he can go and have that mid-range game and yes he has worked on his game and I'm proud of him that he's done that but he's worked on his game and he has that kind of freedom within the offense that he has to be able there's nobody Steven Adams he's whatever he isn't 
clogging the lane uh, to the point where it's caught, where it's congested up in there. And he kind of has a, a, and even during his time with the Lakers, he had freedom to be able to do what he wants. Simmons, as long as he's in, in Philly, and this goes to my bigger point with him, he needs to be on his own team. Like, if anything that I'm seeing out of all this is that the best thing that probably would have happened would have been the Harden trade. Granted, Houston would have been terrible, but you put him next to Christian Wood, who Christian Wood doesn't need to be in the low block, but he fits perfect with the Simmons type game where they're going up and down the court and it's kind of, it's not always in the half court. That's where, I, where if you're putting a dude like him in situations that, that really aren't using his talents to their most effectiveness, this is the result that you're going to get. And yes, he needs to work on his shooting, things like that. That's obvious, but you keep putting him in situations that don't, uh, enhances talents. These are the results that you're going to end up with them on. I can, I can, uh, I can flow with that. Um, I don't know though. Uh, for me, it's just it. it I, I like to analyze things and 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 like for me as a hooper, I always tried to figure out ways that I can make my team better. Like if if if. If I needed to be, you know, tr- the traditional point guard, then, you know, I could be that. Or if I needed to shut down the po- opposing point guard, then I would do that. If I needed to look to be more aggressive offensively, I would do that. Uh, you know, if 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 I needed, if they need me to come off the bench and be a uh, spark up off the bench, I, could, I would do that. I just don't think these guys, and for me, Ben Simmons is is an epitome of it. I don't think that when we say these guys' styles don't fit with certain situations, to me, they are not students of the game and 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 look and see, hey man, what can I do different? If we're not flowing this way, I'm gonna go to my big man as the point guard. I hey hey Joel, you know what? Hey, where you like the rock here? Okay, my big man likes the rock here. All right, this is what I'm gonna work on. If 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 he kicks it back out to me, or if if he if he needs the ball on this block. Hey, if we're on this side, if you're on the weak side, where should I be? Then I'm gonna start fine tuning my game to that. It, the offense is not always gonna fit you strategically. Then that way, that and so as a basketball aficionado, I'm gonna be thinking, okay, where can I, where can I be more, most effective on the court? Uh, if if my big man likes the ball here, because we all know that it evolves around Embiid. So now I can't just keep saying, man, dude, this offense ain't fit for me. Of course, it's not fit for you. To you, the point guard. So you got to make the offense. You the coach out on the floor. So that's where Ben Simmons, to me, has has got to take the reins as the leader on the floor and say, look, okay, I'm going to figure out a way that I'm going to make myself effective out here because just like when Magic came in, Magic said, hey, man, this is the Caps team. Although I know I can put up 
20, 25 a game. This is the Caps team. I'm going to figure out a way to get into the office around this guy. Once I get him involved and get Worthy and B. Scott off, then I'll get involved. And I don't think these guys think like that anymore. That's my biggest problem with him. Because as the point guard, and DJ, you can attest to this, <laughs> it's always not going to fit for you, right? But you got to get everybody else going, right? Yep. And then you figure out how I'm going to get going. Exactly. Fair enough. Yeah, I just think that, yeah, it's an interesting conversation all around concerning him. Because when I heard dude saying that he wouldn't trade Robert Covington for him, I'm like, you know what? That's this, this is just getting out of control now. It's <laughs> well, like, nah, all like, right. That's really how much his draft stock, like, you know, how he's exposing himself. Because honestly, at this point, they, that won't even be able to be considered. But Covington, though, Covington <laughs> yeah. is like, what, the, the fourth option uh, in Portland? Is he, is he an option? <laughs> is he considered an option? Yeah, because yeah, what I'm thinking about, yeah, it's Dame, CJ, Ted Nurkic, Mello. Ben Mello. And if oh, you want to be real, with the third. With, yeah, because even then, yeah, when Zach Collins gets back, he probably goes over him. And Simon, so yeah, so. When I heard that, I'm like, you know what? We might need to pump the brakes a little bit when it comes to how we uh, evaluate and talking about these dudes. Yeah, I'm not throwing that brother away. Ben, man, you can't teach six ten ball handling. You can't. You can't do it. It's just like I said. He just has to uh, have that mental fortitude to want to get better. Yep, for sure. But all right, I, I know we're running kind of late for the show tonight. It's- uh, about 11.30 but uh, I did appreciate getting you guys on after the week off um, sorry we couldn't get uh, Brother True on but we'll make sure to get him uh, going next week there are a couple things I do want to uh, kind of touch upon uh, when we do get him on next week though but before we close up you guys got anything you want to uh, add on to the discussion here today no no, I'm all good. All right, brother T. Uh, no, I'm just happy, uh, happy to be back. Uh, kind of felt weird not not <laughs> not having my Friday night uh, uh, filled up uh, talking to my my nephews, but uh, it was uh, it, I missed you guys last week, so I'm glad to be back. For sure. Yep. Well, we uh, well. We'll make sure to keep these shows rolling. Uh, like I said, we do have some other shows uh, planned. I do uh, want to give you guys a heads up. I do have a, a guest lined up to join us. Uh, uh, per your request, Brother T, I did uh, speak with um, someone so that we can try to get them on so that we can revisit a conversation that we had a couple weeks ago concerning... Uh, Monique and uh, the hair bonnets and scarves and that whole uh, situation so 
let's we'll look after that. Hopefully, we can get that when everybody's schedules permit. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to uh, mention that before we bounce as well. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that 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 would be cool because it has uh, it is still a topic of uh, discussion. So, um, absolutely. Uh, all right. So for uh, Brother True, and we will see you uh, next week, sir. But for uh, DJ and Brother T, this is Mal Z uh, with another episode of the Time for Some Action podcast. We are signing out. Everybody have a good weekend. Stay safe. Peace. Peace. Peace out, family. <laughs>